I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. <laughs> Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Zelta! Hello to all my podcast people. Uh, this is Mike Madison. This show is a little bit different. This is actually, it's going to have my intro music because, frankly, I love my intro. Uh, but this is actually Jamison Haygood's show. He is the host that comes on directly after me at WYAB. He is more of a traditional conservative uh, as opposed to my libertarian views. I think sometimes he's off-put by libertarians, but I think in this episode he calls me a logical libertarian. Uh, I'll take it. I think it's common sense libertarianism, to be honest with you. But anyway, we didn't have a whole lot of heated debate, probably just looking at some things from slightly different lens. Many of you are probably more traditional conservatives anyway. I don't know how many people I have actually moved to the libertarian way of thinking. But anyway, we had a, an interesting conversation. Appreciate everybody who supports the podcast. If you get a minute, you feel like it, and if only if you like the show. Uh, I would appreciate it if you go to any of the podcast platforms that you use and, I don't know, just rate the show or leave a review, something along those lines. It always helps reach more people, so I appreciate it. Everybody have a great week. I'll see you next time. Enjoy the show. Yeah, y'all, come on in. It's Jameson Haygood, and I am a watchman on the wall here in the state of Mississippi. Get ready to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We've waited long enough. It's time to get after it. Here we go. I'm Well, it's not just my time, it's our time. There's a bunch of us out there. We understand this simple fact right here. When they tried to silence us, it means it's time to speak even louder. So we'll speak up on some issues, in particular this trans agenda. I can tell you what this trans agenda is about. It's about depopulation, transhumanism, weakening men, destroying families, erasing women, castrating and mutilating kids, destroying women's sports, destroying women's rights, stealing women's place in culture, and lifelong big pharma customers. Welcome in. Phone line to collaborate with me today, 601-879-0002. The email address is jameson at wyab.com, but get the name right so I'll get the email. J-A-M-E, there is no I, S-O-N at wyab.com. Follow me on Twitter at Jameson Haygood is the handle. Over on Twitter, the Facebook page is up and running by the same name. And now we also have a goodfight.net, all one word, a goodfight.net where you can see the or hear the latest posts and the latest live shows that we have going. I'm very excited for today for several reasons. Number one, it's just always great when Mike Madison is live and in the building. And then he agreed to stick around and stay on my show and have a conversation about a wide variety of issues, see where we have common ground, 
because we have a lot of common ground. Give me a chance to say where I have been wrong and where I'm changing and then put our collective minds together, separate the signal from the noise, see if we can't find some solutions in this setup. Mike, thank you for joining me this morning, sir. Man, I'm thrilled. You know, I'm a, I've been taken down to my two hours a week, so I'm like a, I'm like a kid who a new baby came along. Yeah. I'm just not getting the attention that I normally do, so I'm, you know, I'll grab any airwaves I can. We will give it to you here, and I said it when you <laughs> left. I said it's an open-door policy. Don't even knock. Just come in anytime you want to say something, and I'll start us off this way. I told you this before, and I've said this when you're not even on the air. When I, so I first moved here in 2016, I heard Kim Wade's show. And that when did you start with W? 2017. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm addicted to Kim Wade's show. And then I start listening to James Tolp. And then one day I'm in the car and it just left over from the evening before. And I hear your show. And I honestly thought, as well as it's put together, everything tied to every the stuff about your show, whether I agree or not, I thought you were piped in. I'm not saying I thought you were like nationally syndicated but i thought you were piped in from somewhere else it's that good and thank you for the encouragement you've given the challenges you've given me the support and everything else and especially for showing up on my show sitting on that side yeah i'm I'm not used to this seat but i love it yeah last time we were here i was in that seat i was on your show which is still odd you know this is really mike madison's hour i really appreciate having it i'm getting used that's to this right. this was my hour wasn't 10 it? to 11 having hey good on the man that's crazy um but i was over there and i really appreciate that's why i came to sit down with you that time we were talking about medical tyranny we were talking about shots and then you legitimately tied it to the drug war yeah and we kind of had more of a debate but the reason i sat down is because i knew you weren't gonna map try to what i call map me to some crazy insane worldview to score points over here on a different issue. Are you offended when I call you a rational libertarian? No, not at all. I mean, I I think that's probably the greatest because there's there's so many irrational people out there. Just rational anything is fine with me. You know, this world, it was, you know, Tucker Carlson on his his speech he gave to Heritage the other day. One thing he he said, and I played it on my show that I thought was so good, he said, you know, we used to have debates on issues. You know, we we might mm-hmm. disagree on things, but we would bring facts to the table and debate things back and forth. And and you can you can understand that. I, I don't blame anybody for thinking something differently than me. We we're all the product of all of our experiences and what we've learned and the things we've consumed over the years. But you know, like Tucker said, now it's not debate. It's not bringing facts. It's just people just don't want to hear anything. And. Uh, so, you know, I, I try to back up everything that I talk about with some historical context or evidence. Sure. That's, and that's what I've loved about your show and loved about talking even on and off the air. I think, and I, I can be hyperbolic at times, I'm a passionate guy. That speech that he gave at Her- Heritage, I'm, maybe it's my emotions right now, maybe one of the greatest speeches given by an American ever in the history. Yeah. Is that he's he's yeah. the right just, guy for this time. He really yeah. is the right guy for this time. And I, I I hope he finds a place. There's all these people saying now he's locked into this contract. They're trying to sideline him until after the election and stuff. I mean, he's going to be powerful. I'm fascinated to see where he ends, but I, I hope they are not I hope they do not sideline him because he's an important voice. And you know, one of the things I really liked about Tucker Carlson is that it's something that I've talked about on this show a lot. You know, I was talking about Jimmy Dore for the last five years. You were. And, and you were. Because he was, he was rational. I, I, he ta- sure. he wants Medicaid for all. Right. I vigorously oppose that. I think it's a terrible idea. 
but Jimmy Dore is rational about things. He'll have conversations. He even went on a podcast and got challenged on the Medicare for All, and he backed up a little bit on it. He said, yeah, you know, that's kind of true. I mean, so so what I loved about Tucker was that he was not um, – you know, he was not somebody who would turn his back. He would find common cause with a lot of people uh, that might not agree on everything. And I think that's a tremendously positive thing for this country. A lot of people on the left were drawn to the rationality of Tucker Carlson um, and his welcoming of people that might disagree on, you know, seven out of 10 things. But mm-hmm. the three things they agree on are so important that they came together just like Jimmy Dore and, and Tucker Carlson did. So I, I really appreciate that about him. I believe one of the things we're going to, what hurts us the most, because Tucker will have an alternative media source of some sort, whether it's subscription or whatever, and he's going to be out there. What Tucker did was he lowered the defenses yes. of the normies. Right. Absolutely. The, 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 you know, you want to call them the baby boomer, boomer generation that don't even understand. I used to be a product of this. I didn't understand where I was a neocon. Right. I didn't understand where I was a globalist. And Tucker's access to that normie group that is so key to us to having more decentralized power, more liberty, or fighting to get it back yeah. was key. That's why he was taken off, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it yeah. wasn't that he wasn't going to get $30 million some other. The $30 million he's going to get somewhere else, the problem is, is it'll be a lot less of that middle normie ground that would hear something from Tucker they wouldn't hear from Mike Madison well the question to me is always and I'm fascinated by this I'm really I think I should have gone into psychology because I'm fascinated by human nature mm-hmm. so these normies have listened to Tucker Carlson for five, uh, six years he came on the air two months before I did so I might outlive Tucker Carlson uh, <laughs> with a show um, how much of that did they understand and take into, I mean, I don't know another way to put it, take it into their soul, like really sure. change their worldview versus they agreed with him because he was Tucker Carlson, because he was on Fox News. But if they put a they put an old traditional neocon Sean Hannity into his sp- slot, are these people going to go back? I don't think they will. I think Tucker Carlson was so compelling and so logical that I think his effect will last for a long time, but we're going to see. You're hitting on, um, when you bring up psychology, you're bringing up how we know things. I've been studying now since 2020, really opening my own mind to where, once again, where I was an ideologue, where I have us and them. And I believe there's a time for us and theming. I've heard you on your show, too, talk about us and theming. You're dead on. A guy that I'm following right now, he's a YouTuber, he's a thinker. Uh, he's been he's Ke- Kevin Thompson from BeyondTheFundamentals.com. He's bringing in a lot of Jordan Peterson. He's bringing in these other uh, thought leaders. Who's the guy from um, the Northwest? He's got a brother. He's um, Evergreen. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, Weinstein. Wine, yeah, yeah. Brett Brett Weinstein. Yeah. I knew you would know. Yeah. So he's bringing in all these guys. Which Weinstein's a full on a Darwinian evolutionist, but I've learned more from him than other things like that. So thinking of how we know things and where we are ideologically possessed, where we are not able to observe objective reality and then let that change our paradigm, admit where we had a contradiction and now let that change our life. That's exactly what you were dialing in on. And I think there's a lot of normies that listen to Tucker that are like my uncle. I don't mind calling him out. Even if he was listening, it would be okay. I call out my neon neocon uncle a lot here as a foil as a kind of yeah. mirror right, here right. <laughs> because I have to deal with him. He was Amen and Tucker, but if you don't watch it, it really hadn't sunk in yeah. to why how I know what it is. How is Tucker 
coming to these conclusions. Right. Yeah. You've so got that's to, epistemology. Yeah. You've got to back it up and you've got to understand what's at the core of these things. And, you know, one of the biggest things that, that I've said, and I used to be, a, as I said on my show a million times, a Kool-Aid drinking neocon warmongering Republican throughout yeah. the 1990s. I supported the Iraq invasion, argued with a friend about them. It's so embarrassing, but I did. I did too. Um, but you know, propaganda is strong. Governments use propaganda. The Soviet Union used propaganda because it worked. It kept people in this horrific communist system for, what, 70 years. Um, propaganda is strong, and we have propaganda here. And, and yes. trying to decondition people, and I'm still seeing people in masks. I mean, you, know, right. you know, so uh, it is tough to get in there. And people have got to be challenged to think for themselves. And unfortunately, what it is is they can they can hear something that they agree with. It's almost impossible to refute a lot of the things Tucker said about the wars or Big Pharma or any of this other stuff. But if you don't have the thought process to get the process to get you there when he's gone, you know, suddenly you, you're at the whims of the next person that tells you something. You've got to learn how to think about these things logically. That's exactly what I'm learning about psychology and, and how we know things going back to how someone came to that conclusion versus just willfully asserting another man's opinion yeah. on, on something. So uh, the other thing is when you disagree with somebody, if you're able to articulately restate their position and maybe why they came to that would even be better where the other side would say, yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then you start to disagree from there. Yeah. But the opposite of that, of course, is these false dichotomies and straw manning somebody's argument where you don't even understand what the person just said. Right. It, it, it should disagreement should start at being able to say, I understand what you're saying. It seems like you're saying this, this, this and this. And they say, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. And then start from there. Well, most most conversations, even that you have in in uh, in real life with friends, unfortunately, and this, again, is probably human nature. The vast majority of interactions you have with people is waiting for the other person to shut up. So you could say what you were going to say before. It, I'm it's bad. It's, it's just I'm not, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I can be guilty of it, too, because I can I know where they're going to go. I talk to a lot of people on the left, a lot of Democrats, people that I love and they're not down with the craziness or the wokeness. They're not. not I mean, they're they're Democrats from 25 years ago that just have not admitted that the party has left them in the dust, uh, you know, and, and gone completely full on insane. But they're but they're good people. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into a debate and they'll start with MSNBC talking points. I know where they're going. Yeah. But so I just wait until they get done. And then I'll just ask them a question about what they just said. And, boy, I get a lot of silence because it's hard right. to justify <laughs> some of the things they say. That's a better that is such a better way to do it right there. So, look, we're off and running. Let's stay on time. I'm bad at staying on time today. That sets up why we're doing what we're doing. Can't thank you for being gracious enough. And a few of these issues, I'm going to throw out some of my worldviews and some new theories I have and let you poke holes in them and challenge them. I know one of them, if you, you know, stay around, I'm just going to uh, throw out something. It says no knock raids here. These are my notes. Yeah. By the way, if you compare my notes to Mike <laughs> Madison's show notes, you will understand why his show is so much better put together than mine. So if we get down to here, this is going to be fun stuff too, because I don't think we're going to disagree too much here either. But the conversation, the uh, understanding of why we came to these positions, and then just analyzing where we sit right now abroad, geopolitically, that's where we're going to start. Let's start with foreign policy and geopolitics as a whole, as we sit right now, as we continue today with Mike Madison in the other side of the chair right here in a good fight. Stick around. Hey, tell 10 people about the radio show. Send out the links, wyab.com, and click listen.
Revenge we're after. It's the reckoning. And you can bet the reckoning is on its way. You're in a good fight with Jamison Haygood right here on 1039 WYAB. This segment with Mike Madison brought to you by Magnolia Federal Credit Union. Go to where you're not just a bank account number, you're an actual name and a member. And credit unions are doing this thing a little better, a little safer than some of the retail banks. Uh, Magnolia Federal Credit Union, magfedcu.org. Let me just do it this way, Mike. Um, geopolitically the foreign policy right now the divide between the western globalist nato military force combined with the eu uh, economic force this one world government the thugs the the thugs there you go that's a better way to say it versus the forced what i believe is very clearly and this is where i'm changing and you haven't heard all of my shows but you know when it comes up and i say i use you as another foil as another mirror i say mike was right I was wrong. Analyze. Right, we can end the show there. There you go. Hey, how about that? I think we said everything needs to be yeah, said NATO now. is a bunch of, of, <laughs> of absolute, not individual soldiers who have been sucked into fighting oh, yeah. for NATO. And you never said that. No. You've always been very clear on that. And, and, and by the way, a lot of military people are waking up to. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. during Ron Paul's campaigns in 2008, 2012, he got the most in active duty military contributions. Okay. These guys in, uh, in the, in the trenches, you know, my belief is not at all anti-soldier, anti-troop. <clears throat> that's the propaganda. If you challenge a war, you don't support our troops. That is that's a mind meld thing it that is. they try You're to right. do to us because I believe I want to protect our troops by keeping them home and not putting them in harm's way. I mean, that's the craziest mm-hmm. thing in the world sure. is that we just throw them into harm's way. And then if you don't support that, you're not supporting the troops. Absolutely. I am. I want them home with their families and in their jobs. Doing things that are authorized under the United States Constitution, yeah, not fighting a banker, EU slash Federal Reserve NATO war. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then, so I believe these instances are Absolutely. Now, hindsight is twenty twenty. You mentioned supporting the Iraq war when it when it happened. Oh. I did, too. The pictures of the fake Kurd. Well, whether he did it or whether he did it or not, the Kurdish, the um, all the propaganda, by the way, that came up on that alone is proof of military interaction with our day to day and media. Um, but anyway, I fell into that. Then I also I'm, I don't know if you've ever heard me tell this story. I was in. 2006 i was in shreveport louisiana i just got a job in pharmaceutical sales i almost got into a literal fist fight with my neighbor who was a real conservative and he was challenging the patriot act yeah his dad had been un illegally you know searched and seized and had all this crap under all this stuff whether he was guilty or not who cares he's innocent until proven guilty so he had a firsthand very passionate opinion of that i thought he was crazy yeah i thought and so um I've changed on all this. As we sit here right now, give, give me another analysis, kind of a, a quick analysis of how you explain what's happening in Ukraine, what's happening in China and Russia, this new coalition of BRICS, and, yeah, and how the sanctions have played out. Well, you know, I, I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but, <clears throat> you know, even the Turkish interior minister I read on my show earlier today, that's a NATO member. And yeah. she basically said the whole world hates the United States, that Europe, the Europe is just... They're the lapdogs of the United States, and the Europeans are the ones paying the price for this Ukraine war right You're now. Right. Now, we, we will, too, and we are through inflation and you know, some of those other things. And 
Um, but, you know, even our allies are turning against us. I mean, we have weaponized the dollar. I mean, is it any wonder? And, and this is all parties, uh, both Republicans You're and right. Democrats, love to sanction. We've been sanctioning China. We've been sanctioning Russia. We've been sanctioning Iran. And guess who's big buddies now creating another world currency? Russia and China and Iran and Venezuela. I You're mean, right. you, we're a dying empire, and we have—it it is no different than the bully on the playground. After 1991, we were the last man standing, and we ruled the playground. Well, we didn't use it for good. We went around and started taking lunch money and threatening anybody who wasn't, you know, didn't sure. carry water for us. Well, eventually, the little kids get together. They just get sick of it, and that's—and some of these kids ain't so little. I mean, it's uh, about half the world's population right now is joining this BRICS alliance because they're tired of, of having to— you know, run their country, uh, was scared to run afoul of us, that we cut them off from world markets. We stop them from trading their own natural resources. I mean, yeah. they've had it. Yeah, when you say the little guys, and you, I know exactly what you mean, what's odd about this bunch, and the Western at the, t- the top people pu- pulling these policy decisions off that are making puppets of the donkeys and elephants, they understand this, but they're still kind of – jockeying for power you know russia's sitting on enough resources up there alone partnered yeah. with with what china has in minerals oh, yeah. and what what russia has in other natural resources combined with in the market of india and everything you know they're sitting here calling our bluff saying um now it's it's go time yeah. and this is what we're, which what we're seeing take place and one of the things that shocked me too because where i didn't fall victim to was this whole ukraine russia thing i've been on the right side quote of this from the beginning i saw this coming a million miles away they started celebrating they being the western globalists were celebrating the covid lockdowns because it stopped the co2 stuff so we knew that that was tied to the lockdowns there and the control and centralization of power there was justified and they connect them too by saying hey while the covid lockdowns might have been not good they were great for the planet yeah so so now here comes another Oof. war where they can justify the same lockdowns, the same issues with our supply chains and everything else. So luckily for me, it just seemed so objective that this was a globalist started war. This is an advancement of NATO and all this stuff. So since I've been calling it out and you have to pretty much everybody at WYB has been on the right side of this. This is the one station in the Jackson Metro where that you could have got you would have never been fooled on the Ukraine war. Right. I saw Bannon miss this. I saw a whole bunch of people anyway. Um. People will say Putin is rebuilding the old Soviet Union. And I'm just saying, look who's rebuilt their own globalist union. That would be the EU and NATO. These aren't sovereign European nations. The people of uh, Britain have tried to get out, you know, pull Brexit off a million times. They vote, pull it off. The majority should win. And they say, oh, we're not going to do that. Redo it. Redo, you know. So these are not sovereign nations. There's a group of people and bankers and institutions that are building their own. They're taking over Europe, not yeah. not Russia. Well, you know, I had a I had a nine hour conversation with a Democrat on Sunday. Wow. Now this is a girl. Okay. I have some interest in. And yeah. So it wasn't all about politics, okay, yeah. but she's a Democrat. You've mentioned this relationship, which yeah. is so good. You can go back and forth so much better when you're in that dynamic. Yeah, I think. absolutely. But, but we we, okay. we we debate. She hates Vladimir Putin. I mean, she yeah. has been walked to the edge about the evil Vladimir Putin. And she brought this up the other day. Well, he's trying to reconstitute the old Soviet Union. And I said, well, I've heard a lot of people say that. You know who I've never heard say that? Vladimir Putin. Yeah, right. I said, do we ever listen to anything he says? I mean, if you go listen to uh, to Putin's speeches and what he says, he's no shrinking violet. 
But he no. has never said he is out to conquest. As a matter of fact, he says, we don't want Ukraine. We don't want it. Uh, mm-hmm. Areas of Ukraine voted to become Russian in the Donbass area. Sure. He said, no. He said, no, we're not taking you. We don't want this. But we will protect uh, ethnic Russians in the country. So, you know, th- this idea is is we put uh, – we ascribe these motives to people. Basically, uh, what the United States does – and other great powers have done it in the past uh, to secure their power and their profit – we could just constantly create boogeymen. Mm-hmm. We just got to always make this guy, Kim Jong-un. I mean, for the love of God, they were doing uh, duck and cover drills in Hawaii a few years ago because Kim Jong-un was going to release nuclear weapons on Hawaii. Mm-hmm. That makes no logical sense whatsoever. Why would he? We would end him in an afternoon. He's mm-hmm. living a great life over there. He rules the roost. Everybody worships him because it's such. It's like a bizarre cult over there. If you ever see, it, it is a religion. I yeah, mean, he's, he's it's, a god. It he's is god. crazy. I mean, right. we, I don't understand it. But the bottom line is, he's leading the charge. He is living a great life. And but our foreign policy establishment wants you to believe that one morning he's just going to wake up and essentially commit suicide right. by just randomly attacking and destroying the great life that he has. Now, the North Korean people have horrible lives, mm-hmm. but why would he? Or, so it, it's always this building up of a boogeyman, and the media just runs with it. The media is the war machine. They are an integral part of the war machine. They are. You're, I love how you said the foreign policy establishment because that brings it so much above just the Pentagon yeah. and, of course, the what, what I am keep referring to because I hate saying Republican. It's donkeys versus elephants. They're mascot teams, yeah. and, and they're all on the same – they're at least all pushing for the same overall agenda, the centralization of power and things like that. So this foreign policy establishment has to have a bunch of boogeymen to justify all the ramping up of the – budgets and the war power stuff and also to make sure they can look into mining your phone at the same time this seems to be objectively true true this is uh hindsight 2020 at this point and how convenient that every single boogeyman doesn't necessarily end up being a xi jinping which i also don't want to go to war with yeah that's their business partner. It has to be other nationalists that may be looking out for the best interests of their people, maybe want to back their fiat currency with gold and rejecting the globalist right. central banks. It's literally um, 100% of the boogeyman or that fit into that. Well, it is not. I don't think it's a coincidence. Uh, I believe it was in the year 2000 that Saddam Hussein said he was going to start trading his oil in euros. It was. To, in 2003, or, or we're, right there. we're in there toppling him. Sure. Uh, Bashar al-Assad, I think in 2005, said he was he was open to trading uh, Syrian natural gas or oil uh, in other currencies. He's toppled. Gaddafi was challenging the dollar. He was rolling out a gold-backed dinar for – and I mean – you know, he's certainly been a creep in the past, but it seemed like he had a change. But he was really trying to do something for the African continent. They were going to get their own currency, mm-hmm. and it was going to be go- backed by gold. And we see what happened to Gaddafi. Suddenly, he was overthrown and sodomized to death in the streets. That's so it. it's not a coincidence that all these guys say they're going to trade in something different and turn their back on the dollar. And suddenly, they're the new boogeyman right. for, for reasons you know, wholly other constructed reasons aside, gassed his own people. Sure. Gaddafi uh, supports terrorism. No evidence of any of these things, but they just say it. But it's just I don't I don't think it's a coincidence that these people were trying to build up their country. I mean, you know, the, uh, one thing I did admire about Donald Trump, a lot of the things that he said when he said, you know, every country is a sovereign country. They they don't they have their own interest. They're trying to make their own country good. He said this about Russia, too. 
Vladimir Putin is a nationalist. He has a great deal of Russian pride. And what Russia might want and what we might want might be different. But it doesn't make him evil because he wants advantages for Russia. Um, and that's the case with all world leaders. I mean, some of them are creeps. They, as far sure. as I'm concerned, every single leader of most every country in the history of the world needs to be in handcuffs. I can't stand them. They're most mm-hmm. the worst people are attracted to this power. But the idea that if they do something in their interest, but it goes counter to our interest, they're suddenly a bad person. That's just not accurate. I don't think. I'm not going to add a single thing to that analysis right there. We continue with Mike Madison when we get back. It is the radio show that all the social justice warriors are warning you about. It's also the radio show that the big tech companies wish they could censor. It's a good fight with Jameson Haygood. We're visiting with Mike Madison here in studios. As of right now, he's going to stay around for two hours. I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful. And this segment is brought to you by Watkins Construction and Roofing. There's a reason the brand is what it is. The Watkins way, very simple. The highest quality of craftsmanship and knowledge when it comes to your roofing needs. The highest quality materials and then small town service and follow up to make sure that you are completely satisfied with their ethical job. The ethics speak for themselves because also... They have a great um, relationship with the insurance company, which trusts them for all of your storm damage needs. It's Watkins Construction and Roofing. Schedule a complimentary uh, roof inspection today. Nomoreroofleak.com. So, Mike, you saw my other notes. I Because since you brought up Donald Trump and, and you, you I, I believe, you know, you're hard. Okay, you're hard on him. I'm you're not very, a fan. Yeah. You're, you're not, and you're not a fan. And, and we could talk. And and um, but also you you have given credit where credits due on, on on a lot of things. So I kind of tied these three together. Let me let me say I, I have Trump here, Tucker and Elon. Let me explain where I am on these three, and then I want to just hear hear your take on this. Let's start with Donald Trump. I can't. I can explain some of the COVID response. I believe his initial gut instinct was the good Trump, the brash, rational good Trump. I mean, he scoffed at some of it and then they must've told him somewhere that that's too dangerous and all that. You remember all of that. Yeah, I mean, he's you, got you know all good that. instincts on a whole lot of things. Right. I, I, I love that. I believe that's real. Then when we get into the shots and, and his rollout, and then we get into what makes Trump Trump, which is even when you show him he is wrong, he's never going to admit it ever. Never. Some of the things that were, that I love when he digs in like that, is great, and then I just have to deal with the bad side of that. Some sometimes I just go, man, I wish you would be as mean to your the your real enemies as you are to some of your friends or even some of your followers. You know, one time he was he was talking about with Bill O'Reilly. You know, um, everybody needs to go take the booster. Or did you get the booster? I got the booster, and then the crowd kind of boos, and he kind of corrected them harshly. I'm like, why don't you correct you know Big Pharma harshly? Yeah. So all that being said, I'm just wrap this up in a bow, and it's probably the same position I've had when you've had you and I have had the conversations off the air. I believe Trump is a real guy. I don't believe he's like controlled opposition in the sense that he's a faker as far as he's on their team. I believe. The great resetters, uh, Bill Gates, you know, all this bunch, even the powers behind the central banks, which some of his budgets or his budgets would help in many ways. 
I believe he has the right opposition and that he's a real guy and that a second term would be worth having to see what he's learned if he would really challenge the deep state. And I also think that he was fought by the rhinos that first those first two years to not get some of those policies. So he's blamed for not having maybe a wall or some of this that really wasn't inside of his control. What, what, where are you at? I think the biggest problem with Donald Trump is that he has no core beliefs. Uh, I don't think he's an, an ideologically thoughtful man, and that makes you easy to manipulate. I think he's got okay. a, a massive ego. And I think when they came to him with John Bolton, sure. uh, an old Bush guy and an architect of the Iraq War, and told him somebody told him, you're going to look really tough if you bring this, this pit bull in there as your national security advisor. He campaigned against the wars in 2016, and he got my vote. Mm-hmm. And then he goes in and hires a John Bolton, or he hires a Mike Pompeo, or yeah. he hires Eli Lilly to run the Health and Human Services, or he hires a Raytheon guy. I think he's too easily um, manipulated, rolled by these people. The same way uh, with COVID. You know, it, it, uh, to me, it just doesn't take a whole lot. I'm just some jackass from central Mississippi. But you, you come to me and say, we need to stop people from going to church. We need to force people to not go to church. We need to kick the kids out of their schools. We need to strip them of a year of their life. I just say no. And yeah. particularly after, you know, maybe initially I would entertain all those talk. You know, got a lot of scientists. You're not, he, Trump's not a scientist. He's got all these scientists coming at him. But you and I and everybody at WYAB, within about two months, we all knew what was going right. on. Yeah. This, this was the flu for a lot of people, elderly people. And if you're morbidly obese, you might need to take some precautions and stay away from large crowds because you're not healthy. So that was the case. But after about two months, you come to President Mike Madison, and I go, it's, it's not American. We, we don't have the authority to shut churches. I mean, we, mm-hmm. matter of fact, sure. we expressly have the—we're prohibited from uh, closing churches and forcing people to close businesses and closing schools. So I, I just don't think he has the, the fortitude. And, you know, I, I know one of the big things, and my, my anti-Trump views are not popular. And I voted for him in 2016. I always try to remind everybody of that. I'm not an anti-Trump, never-Trumper guy anyway. Right. Um, he just kicked off the 2024 campaign in South Carolina with Lindsey Graham. Yeah, I know. I what, know. So what has he learned? What, what exactly has the man learned if, if Lindsey Graham is his, his guy? to? And, and you hear Lindsey Graham, with, I think it was with the indictment or something like that, he was almost in tears. Why does Lindsey Graham support Donald Trump yeah. so much if we think for a second that Trump would come in and end the wars and bring our troops home and rein in federal spending and those things? Lindsey Graham wouldn't care about this guy. Lindsey Graham is working Donald Trump, near as I can tell. The the endorsements during the 2022 cycle also were kind of unexplainable in, in, a few yeah. area, in a few areas for me, which I don't. It's just one of those areas where I'm honestly at the point now where I believe the pros outweigh the cons. Now, I'm also not talking about 2024 as if the COVID protocols aren't in. I don't think Ron DeSantis can win if they get to do what they get to do in these five counties that we've talked, I don't know where you fall yeah, on that, but yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I, mean, I don't see any of that fixed. I mean, Carrie Lake, did you like Carrie Lake? Yeah. Yeah. I, it, that's one of the biggest barometers. I'm talking about going back and forth with my neocon uncle because he, he keeps saying there's no evidence of election. You're whining. You got to move on. I'm like, well, in, in life and anything, we need to try to fix what we think because what I saw was a few pretty good barometers. I thought the um, master's candidate, I thought Arizona was a good barometer, especially with Carrie Lake. Yeah, I did if like for, master's or. Yeah, yeah, Masters, Blake Masters. Yeah, Blake Masters up, yeah. yeah. And, and if they can't win out there, neither can DeSantis, neither could a 
Rand Paul or Ron Paul. At night. We literally got to get that under wraps before well, we, and that's why I don't spend a lot of time on 2024, but I did kind of want to go over that with you to say that I think it's, for me, it's simply a matter of the pros outweigh the cons, and I believe his nationalist intentions are real and would move us back towards a better move back, not a final move back, but a a real move back towards nationalizing the manufacturing, controlling the border, some things like that. Well, I mean, maybe so. But, you know, we're going to judge this in 2028. And I'm afraid I don't have any faith in the guy that he didn't get the wall done. He he can't. He One of the best things he did when he was campaigning in 2016 was he talked about how we had this disaster of zero interest rates during Obama. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy's talking about a huge thing for the American citizen. Then as soon as the Fed started raising rates, he demanded they reduce them. He wanted to go to negative interest he rates. He said all of that, because, 100%. So there's no core belief there. Yeah. What he told me was that he knew that zero interest rates was a disaster for the economy, but he wanted his economy to look good. Trump's ego is, is too, it's too controlling of him. It's why he can't turn back on the vaccine. He is still out there saying he, he saved, and he uses this term, I I saved tens of millions of lives in the face of everything we know. And, and I think his ego is his undoing. Because what happens, you, you talk about the endorsements he gave during 2022, a lot of rhinos, mm-hmm. a lot of neocons. Basically, if those people kiss his butt sufficiently and, and genuflect to him, then he reciprocates with his – because it's not based on ideology. It's based on whether or not you're supporting Trump. Thomas Massey, who I think is one of the greatest congressmen to ever be in Congress – Trump wanted him drummed out of the Republican Party, said he's a grandstander because Thomas Massey dared to demand that Congress vote on the largest spending package I think Congress has ever done, $2.5 trillion. And Trump wanted him gone. There's there's no core belief there, in my opinion. I think you've analyzed what the issues are. And I'm and, and so at that point, you can't defend any of that. I'm just to the point where it's the pros would outweigh the cons. And I would hope now that he's seen the deep state up close, maybe some of that could be fought back. You know, maybe some of that could be somehow pushed back. But of course, when they do that, they, they kill you. Uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. Any, any president who's ever done that too. So, um, well, that's that. Well, let's just do with one minute then let's, let's bring in kind of, that's my take on Elon. That's why I put them all together. Yeah. Yeah, they're because all kinds of sure disruptors. They yeah. seem to be real people, different things with the right. They, have, they almost all have the same enemies. Well, let's you know, um, at the, and so that's why I put the, tie those two together. You you want to take a break and then come, come back. back? I want to do Elon. I think he's very interesting. We'll take it now so we have enough time to do Elon on the backhand of this with uh, Mike Madison. Stick around. <laughs> It's the radio show for those citizens out there who are awake, not woke. It's a good fight with Jameson Haygood. We're visiting today with Mike Madison here live in studio. Mike, you said you wanted to lay, talk about Elon. Hit us with it. Well, I, t- I tell you what, I'm going to call an audible here. This is your show. I'm being bossy no, here. But let me let me finish. Here. Let me finish Trump and, and okay, explain something yes. to somebody real quick. Because we uh, need more time on Elon. Yeah, too. exactly. I'm a libertarian, and and that's not a really a big L. I don't care about parties much. I'm just. I, I am of the belief that our government is too big, 
And if you have a government the size of the United States, you're going one of two ways. You're going fascist, you're going socialist. We're kind of flirting with both. I would uh, say. Strangely, yeah. at the same time, we got corporate control and we've got socialism. Which you just went there, which that's a major topic for next hour that I can't yeah. wait to unpack with you. Yeah. So so the, the problem that I have with Donald Trump is he's a big government guy. That's really probably my biggest thing about him. I mean, his own economic advisor, uh, Stephen, uh, blah, 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 I'm spacing on his name. Um, you know, he, he, he said on Fox News, yeah, he's a Keynesian. I mean, Trump's yeah. a Keynesian. He believes that big government spending uh, juices the economy, and Trump wants good economic numbers for himself so he can c- take credit for them, but he's not afraid to use government spending. And that's a no-go for me. I mean, yeah. we're just I, – I can't have any more tolerance for somebody who believes we've got to grow this government. It is too big. It needs to be pared down by 80 percent, but I'd like to see somebody do it by 10, 5, right. yeah. so at least a start. But if you've got the mentality that – that the government needs to be big and that government spending is will solve some of our problems, I think that's just the totally the wrong direction regardless of other rhetoric. Yep. Why I would put up with Trump's Keynesian policies when he actually came out and said negative interest rates would be good for a certain time. Which In his huge budgets, why I personally am putting up with that for the next term, saying that only so many people can win is because I'm trying to get a more – I'm trying to repatriate some of the manufacturing and stuff that he does that he's great on, bad on the budget. So I'm saying for me, the trade-off for making for bringing back somehow bringing back manufacturing here, sealing off the border, doing some of those nationalistic things that he's good on. He's good on trade. You know, I'm saying that trade-off is worth the massive budgets that he's no doubt laid out. Yeah, well, I, I think if we don't, if we have a bankrupt country and a failed currency, then it doesn't matter how much manufacturing you've got. We're all living in the soup, and manufacturers aren't going to come to a failed state. Yeah. So you know, it's a it's a fair point. At the same time, manufacturing has to be a major key of GDP. It's it's backwards, right? They need to go hand in hand, no doubt. Yeah. But I'm 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 fighting over the manufacturing right now. We got Mike Madison. He's here. But this is the conversation that I knew would take place. Tell everybody about the radio show. WYAB.com and click listen. Yeah, you found the right place. It's Jameson Haygood, and I am a watchman on the wall here in the state of Mississippi. Get ready to be transformed by the renewing of your mind the second hour here in a good fight with Mike Madison. Starts right now. Here we go. Well, it's not just my time, it's our time, and there's more of us every day that understand simple things like when they try to silence us, well, it just means it's time to speak up even louder. So we will speak up. As it pertains to this trans agenda, it's simple. We know what it's about. It's about depopulation, transhumanism, destroying families, weakening men, erasing women, castrating and mutilating kids, destroying women's sports, destroying women's rights. Stealing women's place in culture and lifelong big pharma customers welcome in. Phone live to collaborate with me today, 601-879-0002. The email address is jameson at wyab.com. But get the name right, 
That way I'll get the email. J-A-M-E-S-O-N at W-Y-A-B.com. Turn it up. I want to hear the end. Man, that is good stuff right there. We continue with the second hour here with Mike Madison. If you didn't get to join us the first hour, no problem. A goodfight.net. You got to catch it. A goodfight.net as me and Mike Madison go back and forth and just talk about all the common ground that we have, what's obvious about the geopolitical situation, the foreign policy and how kind of how the uh, the Donald Trump situation is playing out and, and everything else. So now we're going to get into this because I had Trump Tucker and Elon just back to back to back on my list of things to talk about with Mike and how I was going to set it off was by saying to me, these three guys are similar in the sense that it seems to while while all of them are flawed, uh, Tucker being the least flawed of them. Let's just talk Trump, Elon, Trump and Elon seem to have the same enemies abroad, the power brokers abroad. They seem to have cancel culture turned on them for certain reasons. And so I am believing that some of their contribution is is better than the downsides. Let's now move to Elon. You, yeah. because you, there, yes, sir. All three of those people are disruptors to the establishment. Exactly okay. what we need. Okay. Here's the one thing that I would, would caveat about that, and, and I believe that you know, we're focusing on what, what you got there. We got Tucker Carlson, who we certainly agree on, and then two billionaires. Right. I think we've got kind of a problem in this country of everybody sitting around and waiting on a savior to come in. And we don't take any action ourselves. I mean, look around yeah. Mississippi. You know, we're, yeah. we're going to, you know, we're going to wait on, um, you know, we're going to wait on Trump, you know, in two years and hope he does the right thing for four years. But we're going to let Roger Wicker sail and just keep on going back. You know, right. it's, I believe the right needs to embrace civil disobedience. I think it was very depressing that the right did not stand up. And, and I, I do believe, and this is one of the, this is kind of a weird thing, I guess, but uh, certainly I, I, uh, I hate Hillary Clinton with the white-hot passion of a thousand suns. She's just one of the most evil creatures that has ever slithered away into D.C. Yeah. But if she'd been president in 2020, I think there's a lot of conservative businesses that would have refused to close. You know what I mean? I yeah. think that they would oh, have really seen it as an attack sure. from her government. And so we were well, probably yeah. maybe a little bit more wait and see, a little too passive with this stuff. And and I think that, you know, we'll talk about Elon. We've talked about Trump. Um, you know, Tucker's just I, – I, I really just admire a lot of the things. And I don't agree with everything that Tucker covers. Uh, sure. You know, he's – I think he's called libertarians insane people or yeah, right. infantile or something, you know, <laughs> he, he, something he like that. Yeah, yeah it was fun. But he, but he comes from, you know, being a libertarian. He's one of these people that's kind of gone libertarian to more I don't, a yeah. populist think, right. He's yeah. not really – a traditional conservative, certainly in a traditional Republican, but, sure. you know, so I don't agree with them, everything. But I just believe a lot of these people give us an excuse to sit on the couch and wait for something to happen. And yeah. I really believe the time is growing near where, and I'm not talking, if you listen to my show, I ain't saying you need to, we need to start a civil war and start shooting our neighbors. Right. I think that's going to be very ugly. But we need to start making the case, getting more people from the left on board with this. With, there's just a lot yeah. of good Democrats out there that aren't on board of the wake stuff, sure. woke stuff. And we need to come to some agreements that we got to stop this government. I mean, you know, and and it, that is going to take the people. It's the people in Paris right now. You know, yeah. I mean, they might have thought Macron was going to be their savior or whatever. And so I think there's a and, and particularly when we're looking to billionaires. I mean, it's kind of funny. We're waiting for an oligarch to save us. Yeah. Has that ever worked? 
No, no, it hasn't. I think, and you're exactly right, the local level action on a local yeah, level, local. by the way, information on a local level and unified, because yeah. we have so much more in common than we do with the benefit of yeah. the benefits of being able to disagree, but still have our freedoms around us and our food. By the way, the warm food and energy yeah, is being carried real. out. We, that, that's what we have most in common, I would say. But there's been a maybe just a little bit encouragement that there also takes a little bit of the billionaire capitalist sure. to push back on some well, of that. Well, they got big too. voices. You know, sure, yeah. yeah I, I agree. Know. I'm not... I mean, yeah. And I know you're not taking that other side at yeah. all. I'm saying that would be the good side. 100% where you just took it with the priority would be not waiting on any of them. It, it sure would help if there was a combination of people because so Elon, let, let, let's do this. Elon came out for Halloween. You saw he was Baphomet. Oh, yeah. Did you I not, actually, which, I heard you talk and, about okay. that. Yeah. And, and even that, and this is where I'm breaking out of my ideological possession. Even with that being said, I still believed he was taking each individual issue as much as he could and that he was on the side of humanity. And then he did a few things like I know he didn't open up Twitter completely, but I believe that was real. I don't believe that was a psyop, which is why I joined it. And he did something lately. So even as he, he shows up as Baphomet, so whether he's really part of that religion or not, he's probably poking fun at it, which is still bad because the group he goes against are really the top level ones playing God where there's a level of them that are Luciferians, not all. Um, so I think he might've been poking fun at it maybe because he did turn around and he went to the world government summit by Skype. Did you happen to see that? No, one? I, I, I got to send you that link because he literally warns the world government summit of what happens when we become too integrated. And he keep having, he kept having to give caveats because he was on the big screen there. He was yeah. not. And he said, I understand. I'm not saying we don't need to work together at all, but he said, you know, he, and he gave, instances of other civilizations that survived because they weren't all interlinked so when the roman empire fell there were other civilizations that were able to come into so he went to the world government summit and warned about the centralization of power and and world government so i think he's a real dude yeah so he is a very interesting character for me i, I really appreciate a lot of things that you know let's first just acknowledge the fact he's autistic Okay, so I think that I guess you know, I didn't know that. I mean, I'm just telling. I right, think okay, he is. Yeah. He, but, but I don't think that's not a sure. slur. No, it's, it's just not. his brain works different. If you hear he him does. talk, you know, he's just a, he's an odd guy. But that's okay. He's not a Nikola Tesla. You know, he's a good marketer. He's a good salesperson. He's a very very bright guy, uh, involved in some very interesting things. Uh, I support all of the free speech stuff that he's done around Twitter. It's not complete. There's still a lot of people that are getting, you know, uh, in the alternative media that are finding their accounts suspended for. um, So Twitter is not completely hands off the wheel when it comes to this stuff. It's It's not not. a total free speech thing, but it's markedly better than it was. I love the fact he's fired 80 percent of the staff and it's humming along like a top. (laughs) I I might vote for Elon Musk if he promises he'll do the same thing with the federal government, because I guarantee you right now we could do without 80 percent of the federal government and still be, you know, you're right, still be the largest organization on planet Earth. Um, Elon just has got some things about him um, that I'm suspicious of. And, and, and look, I'm like a jilted lover, man. And I'm I, I, yeah. each new personality like this, it's like a new relationship. Yeah. But I have that little piece of me and it just goes, are they going to cheat on me too? <laughs> yeah. I kind of feel like they might cheat yeah. on me too. Well, well, look, I have that same response to, to these guys as well. I mean, because he's all his, whether he's okay with it or not, 
his technology that he's funding is going to be pushed by the globalist transhumanist yeah, that are literally link. trying to evolve. I mean, you know, without going too deep into that, they are openly uh, their own words. They believe the next step for man's ev- ev- evolution is to merge with machines. So and he has Neuralink. He, he has Neuralink. He has the space com thing that's going to be whether they end up getting him to switch or whether he's setting it up. Maybe he could be. At this point, I believe he's a real dude, a real anti-establishment dude. I don't believe he's controlled opposition. But either way, all that space link thing itself could be linked together and pull off their world government they're wanting to pull and, and all that. And then what else did he do? I can't I can't think what else well, it I'll is. I'll tell but, you, my <clears throat> big suspicion of Elon Musk is he's made most of his money from the government. Yeah. Um, either he has made his – I mean, you do not get to be – somebody worth 160 or 200 billion dollars or something like that's not a natural business progression for us to go from the titans of industry being worth 100 million to 160 billion dollars and that's kind of what we've seen over the last few years and he is largely because of government contracts government subsidies on his products um he has made a lot of he has had a lot of uh, a lot of his net worth at spacex is going to be largely government contracts and so, you know, like I say, I find him interesting. I'm not I'm not anti-Elon, yeah. but I'm just thinking, you know, how far is this guy going to push it if he cuts him? Basically, everything he has is tied to government largesse to one degree or another. So, you know, how yeah. far does he push it? Is he willing to lose all of those things? And, uh, you know, the Neuralink's an issue to me. And here's the biggie. This is really my big – my fear of Elon Musk is and, – and what you have to always remember – these guys, to me, are a lot like politicians. If they know that they, you know, have an end goal, but they believe that by saying the certain things, uh, they will get more people on their side. And, and, and yeah. you know, Elon's alienated people, too, so I'm not really saying this about him. People who say the right things but may have the wrong goals are almost suspicious. What Elon Musk's admitted desire for Twitter is he wants it to be like Chinese WeChat, Okay, I haven't heard him. Yeah, say that. what's you that? know he just renamed the Twitter Corporation X. Okay, he wants. I think it's uh, it may be called X. I can't I can't wow. remember. He wants it to be the everything app. Okay, and what this means is you will transfer money. It's going to be your money. It's going to be your medium of exchange. It's going to be your social media. It's going to be. You know, it, it feels to me very social credit scorey potentially. Sure. Now I'm not saying he's calling for that. I'm saying. He wants Twitter, and you can look this up, he wants it to be the everything app. And WeChat is well known in China to be a tool of absolute control. WeChat's what they use, uh, I believe, in China for your QR codes during mm-hmm. COVID to get out of lockdowns and things like that. You know, the, so you know, maybe that's just a, a great idea for convenience, but I think you and I can probably agree the idea of all this convenience like a centralized you – know, and, and we're going to see – if he ties Twitter as he rolls out, he's he's got banking now. He's he's acquired banking rights and stuff. So he's he's admittedly said, "I want to make this a, a payment platform uh, as well." Now he's from PayPal. So maybe he just wants another competitor to PayPal. But mm-hmm. um, if he ties this at all to Fed now, uh, sure. that's coming in June. Yeah. Or if when a central bank digital currency comes out, he becomes an intermediary for that. My 
spidey sense will go off like sure. crazy. But so I, I'm I don't like this idea of the everything app. That's yeah. centralized. It's 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 too much for me. So like I say, I'm not anti Elon, but I got a real I got an eye on him. Well, I'm with you on that. And really, what you've honed in on there is any time this type of stuff is concentrated in the power. Uh, in the hands, this type of power is in the hands of one type of investor yeah. or philanthropist or just a few. Even if they have good intentions, they can do bad things with good intentions, which is really the whole of my axiom, which is decentralized power yeah, look at Google. is far better than centralized power. Yeah. Any centralized power that happens in your life should be as close to voluntary as possible. So I will join a team. And when I join that team, then I'm forfeiting my rights to kind of follow the rules, wear the jersey and all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that that is that would be the concern. And your concern goes right back to my axioms as these billionaire philanthropists have a lot of control over how humanity is socially engineered. And what you just laid out was completely terrifying. So that's good. <laughs> Let's, this is a perfect segue, segue because you went into it. We're going to take the break right here. When we come back, I'm going to give you my theory on capital G government. I'm just going to let you tee off and, and see what you think about that. I'm not, not the only one that come up with this, but I, I don't think people have worded it this way in a Venn diagram because it's a perfect segue to, to where we're headed to this. We got Mike Madison here in studio. Use your social media influence if you if you know if you like the show in order to expand our sphere no of influence. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. There is a standing and a permanent trigger warning for everybody, not just snowflakes and rhinos, for everybody who dares to enter a good fight with Jamison Haygood right here on 103.9 WYB. We got Mike Madison in studio. Man, you just made a perfect segue. Let me tell you what I've drawn up. That's what I do, Jamison. I, I know. I'm a broadcast professional. You make the host even sound better. <laughs> this is my proposal that I forget exactly when I came up with this, but the COVID takeover caused this. I believe there is the capital S state, and then I'm going to show you my Venn diagram. I believe there is the capital S state in, it, in its unelected and elected forms, all of which are out of control. And then I believe there is the capital C corporate private sector world. And then there is the capital G government and where the corporate state interacts with our lives with the state is capital g government and i'm showing mike madison yeah. my venn diagram yeah. and i probably should be published and maybe this is probably going to win me some type of That's radio right. segment or award or mike is going to completely destroy this right here in front of you and this is where i'm trying to find common ground with the libertarians right here i i believe this to be objectively true yeah so Work through that with me. I think that one of the things that libertarians say is that, you know, a lot of people try to um, uh, they'll, they'll look at these big businesses that go woke and, and do all this other stuff. And they'll, they'll talk about the oligarchs, you know, the, sure. the, the billionaires right. and all okay. these other things. Yeah. And, and they they want to attack these these corporations. And, and I'm with them. They've gone just horror. I mean, if essentially what this country has become is we have socialism for the rich, socialism for the poor, and then the middle class is trapped in the middle. We don't get crap. 
Right. We work right, half right. the year to pay the taxes to support not only the poor, but the rich, right, too. It's socialism right. for the rich. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I don't think you're ever going to pull the corporate power out of a government that is this size. Yeah. I think the only okay. solution, you have to shrink the government. You have to you have to at least shatter it into, into you know, 50 different pieces. Make the lobbyists yeah. work for a living. Make them go have to lobby the state houses. When you have got one organization, it's the largest organization ever known in the history of mankind, which is our federal government. And when they've got a, uh, you know, a, a wallet full of six to seven trillion dollars every year, uh, they're always going to be compromised. They're mm-hmm. going to be lobbied. There are, when that is the, the, the nexus, and they also control the Federal Reserve that prints up money. Again, these oligarchs Right. That have got hundreds of billions of dollars. That's not normal. That didn't happen because they had a good idea or a good service or anything like that. No, Uh, they got their stock prices are high because the Fed prints up money and people are looking for get some return on it. So they just shovel money at big tech. They shovel money at Google. They shovel money at Facebook. They shovel money at J.P. Morgan. They all of these big things. It's all because of the centralized government and central bank. They've got to be undone. You won't see the. Tremendous, exploding, you know, small business crushing growth of Amazon if you don't have free money coming from the Fed. Amazon couldn't have grown to, yeah. the way that it did. because, And you know that because it was it's never been profitable. It might be now, but for the first 20, 25 years, it wasn't profitable, meaning it was just debt-based. It was just borrowing money and people investing in it because all this money was sloshing around. I'm getting a little academic weirdo no, here. I'm, I'm Lib- tracking with you. Libertarians are all in their head. I just believe the only... And maybe a collapse of the dollar and a collapse of stuff will ultimately be the only way we solve this. But the libertarian thing is, let's stop fighting every little thing here and and there. I mean, not let's stop fighting it, but can we just focus in on the the root of it? And the root of it is this this government. I just it's always going to be corrupt. It's always going to dole. It's always going to be owned by the donor class, and the donor class is going to keep succeeding as long as we keep sending. I mean, each one of us sending. A third to a half of our wealth to Washington, D.C. every single year. We're being robbed. I'm a taxation theft guy. And that money goes out to support the donor class. I mean, we've got to demand a smaller government. And I wish Republicans that it, you know, the funny thing about I used to be a Republican. I left the Republican Party. I I was a conservative. I don't know. I I don't really consider myself a conservative anymore, although I don't really know what that means. I probably have a lot of conservative ideas. It's hard to define. Yeah. So many political labels are weird. Um, But the the weird thing is, is so many Republicans talk about small, limited government. They just don't, to to me, they don't mean it. Um, And this is the politicians and the, the people, too. Um, and, and I think it's the only way we have to we have to shrink the size of this government to the corruption will go away if there's no goodies up there to get. Yeah. Lobbyists aren't going to lobby if Congress doesn't have any power and doesn't have any money to dole out. We just keep giving them so much money to dole out that, of course, the corporate interest and the special interest and the, the whack jobs are going to go up there and get their way. So I don't hear you really disagreeing with my theory that this kind of capital S state and where these capital C corporations blend together could yeah. e- equal capital G 
government I, in I our life. I'm kind of dif- differentiating between these. Well, I think those two circles are going to—they're they're moving closer and closer together what, to where they're all about right. to be completely overlapped. And I like in in your solution because I don't have a lot of solutions for this because I'm going I'm to take it one step further. And once again, I reiterate: we've already said there's no sandbagging here. I'm not trying to get get you. I'm, I'm literally—I know, know you would. You would say, <laughs> "Come on, let's get into debate." Uh, I, I'm not foolish enough to debate Mike Madison. Um, so I hear you saying what you, the first step to unwinding the corporate capital C government in my life, like safe, say, for instance, the kind of government I know a handful of people that went to January 6th. They were not under Fed investigation. They did nothing wrong. They were 100 percent like the majority of people yeah. up there. And they came back in their capital C corporation fired them yeah and i mean that's and so just mind-blowing stuff and so you're saying the best way to unwrap for the individual for the best of our libertary uh, for the best of our liberty you can say it come on i, it almost, I almost messed out. up and oh, said oh you want to say it i almost messed up and said it. i would hit the dump <laughs> button no the best way to rein in the corporations as they rule over our lives and social engineers and by the way carry out a whole bunch of the propaganda that you talked about. I mean, the, the propaganda wing is the corporate side, right? Absolutely. It's the corporate media. So I would say you're saying the best way, hey, good, to rein that in is to start with the government. Well, I'll and tell I, you, um, I, I, that's that's a very interesting solution, and I, I believe you're right. I believe well, at least somewhat right. Uh, libertarians have been attacked by Republicans really up to the 2022 elections, where it was kind of odd. Um, the, the funny thing is, it seems like the and, and I think it's Thomas Sowell has said it. Some other people have said it, that the Republican Party seems to have its roots in libertarian ideas. They just somehow, you know, screw them up. Um, I, I implore people to look at uh, the Libertarian Party's Twitter feed. I'm not a big party guy. The Libertarian Party just a couple of years ago was a train wreck. Actually, like maybe a year ago, um, it was full of wokesters and stuff like that. Interesting yeah. thing is it's small and nimble, and it was taken over, and it turned on a dime. Yeah. And now I think it's killed. But what you'll see them put out message consistently, and I, I encourage people to do that, Just and then contact me and tell me where you think they're wrong. So they will put out a list like once a week where it just says, end the Fed, end the IRS, end the CIA, you yeah. know, end the uh, ATF. You know, it, it that's what it what it needs to be. I talk and you talk a lot about it, too. We're fellow travelers in this. We talk about the federal reserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've put many people to sleep at about sure. nine thirty, ten o'clock in the morning uh, with me talking about the Federal Reserve. But what kills me is that I think people need to understand it, because, as I say, if you don't like the welfare state in the Fed, if you don't like the warfare state in the Fed, if you don't like these huge corporations in the Fed. I mean, I don't yeah. think there's a single problem out there and these big corporations pushing woke stuff. It's not for profit. They're spending all this money on ESG stuff. Well, they sure. can because the government bails them out. And how do they bail them out? With the Fed. Yeah. So we've got the, what I consider the Death Star there. Right. You have to hit these the, the this centralized power. You have to defang it. You have to defund it. We need to defund D.C., and that should be the conservative demand of their politicians. What do we get out of the Republicans? We're going to cut your taxes from 27 percent right. down to 25 percent. Oh, yeah. gee, thanks. And then we're and, and we're going to raise spending. You know, I mean, it's just sure. the most bizarre thing in the world. But they get away with that. Republicans need to hold their feet to the fire or start sending real people that are, that are committed to small, limited government. It's going to take a while to turn it around unless it just collapses. But I, I don't think there's any way. You, you, you play whack-a-mole with fighting corruption as long as they've got this giant 
bucket of money to dole out. And the lifeblood of the oligarchy, I would say the heart of this oligarchy above elected and unelected government state in our life is the Fed. Yes. I mean, because, you know, you you interviewed G. Edward Griffin. A lot of people here that listen to the show showed me him first, introduced me to his book and the other books, too. So so that is the heart. That's the lifeblood of this. And I want to say the word this blending of capitalist state and capitalist C corporation that really equals a form of fascism in our yes. life. Right. I mean, that's yes. the definition that we're living under. The Fed is the heart of it. This private group of investors, by the way, that the original founding, I've heard you do the um, quotes. I've copied them here. They warned, with the exception of maybe Alexander Hamilton and a few, they were warning against a central bank, which is a bunch of private monopoly capitalists, new world order, wanting to build world government, ability to fund limitly government's tyranny, the blending of these two. Well, wasn't it Coolidge that came out and said, I'm a most unhappy man. I have inadvertently destroyed my country by signing this Federal Reserve. He said, we're going to wake up and bankers are going to control our country. Yeah. It was it was Woodrow Wilson. Wood- Wilson yeah, it, okay, was, yeah. it was Wilson, the same same era. He's yeah. the one that they convinced him in 1913 to do it. And that's the idea. And that's a straight up. I've not found that quote to not be true. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, he, he knew it. it. I mean, it's, it's okay to, to fall for something, but he did try to warn us. And it's just depressing to me that, um, you know, it's an esoteric thing. It's kind of academic. It's We've been taught that economics is boring and the Federal Reserve is just this gray building. I want to hear yeah. about trannies, Mike. Right. I mean, I understand there's sexier headlines, yeah. but I'm telling you, it's the linchpin to everything. It, it is the Death Star. You know, Star Wars taught us a great lesson. If you hit the middle of the Death Star and you take it out, uh, then you then you free the Rebel Alliance. We've there got to go. take out the Death Star. Now you know why I laid that topic out when he agreed to come on. I just uh, drew it drew it out just for that in that Venn diagram. Incredible analysis. When we get back, let's do this one for our final long segment. I just have here. We're going to see where this goes. It just simply says no knock raids. Oh yeah, we, let's get that one when we get back. I think that you had it for a whole lot of Exercising every single one of our God-given rights right here in a good fight with Jameson. Hey, good visiting with Mike Madison today in this segment with Mike Madison brought to you by Bruce Bennett and iGear Optical. It's 2635 Highway 80 East in Pearl. Bruce Bennett is so good at fitting your eyeglasses to your face and your lifestyle and your budget. Many of you don't even know how uncomfortable your glasses are because you've been dealing with them so long. Give Bruce Bennett a chance. Take your prescription to Bruce Bennett, also asking about the Q-Lux lens. Zero distortion. It's made, a tri- made out of Trivex material. It's like wearing safety glasses, but you see better than you ever have before, and your glasses actually fit your face. Do business with somebody who understands what we are fighting for in this country, in this republic. It's Bruce Bennett, Eye Gear Optical. Okay, Mike Madison, I was wrong. I don't have a full solution, but I was completely wrong This government, this corrupt judiciary in every situation should not have the authority to pull off no-knock raids. Where are you at? What I think is interesting about these times, I want to say beautiful, but this is a little sad at the same time. Libertarians since the 1970s, 
mm-hmm. um, started to see that we were building this police state, essentially, yeah. and had been warning about it all along. Um, you know, I think even you played it. Uh, I think Stephen played it. 1988, Ron Paul was calling to end the FBI. Yeah, I played that. People have ignored libertarians for decades now, and now they go, huh, FBI doesn't really seem to be on our side. They kind of right. seem to be a tool of the government. They ignore the fact. And, and the problem I have is that most everybody thinks this is new. Yeah. J. Edgar Hoover ran the FBI for 37 years From as a complete inception. thug. Right. I mean, he was he was blackmailing people. 100%. He was, you know, compromising Congress 100%. people. Yeah, it's been corrupt since it started. I'm not saying every FBI agent right. is bad, but the no. but the the institution, we shouldn't have a state police. The founding fathers would roll in their graves to think that we don't have 50 sovereign states and we have this federal police sure. force in many cases a secret police over the top of us. Yeah. We've built a police state in this country whether we want to admit it or not. And that's not popular in conservative talk radio because conservatives are thin blue line guys. I know a lot of cops, worked with a lot of cops, like a lot of cops. I I want them to focus on the heroic work that they do, which is saving lives and tracking down criminals and predators on the streets. Unfortunately, about 70% of what they do is enforce laws by a corrupt political class. They pull you over for seatbelts. They pull you over for helmets. If they find a plant in your pocket, they're going to roust you and take you to jail and destroy your future. Yeah. We've built a police state here. We went from uh, in 19, I think it may have been 1990, we had uh, 3,000 FBI raids on Americans' homes. We're now up to around 85,000 a year. Mm. That's a police state. Uh, I watched videos just a couple of days ago. Some people had an unregistered Bitcoin machine. Uh, the feds brought 50 officers, the battering ram, uh, and uh, went in on a no-knock raid at, I think, 4 o'clock in the morning, rousted everybody from their sleep and destroyed mm. this house because they didn't tell the banks they had a Bitcoin machine. Yeah. And I think conservatives are late to wake up to this. Um, we won't have time to get into it, or nor probably people don't want to, but the drug war has created a police state. It's what's funded this thing, and it's being turned against us. So it's interesting to see people kind of waking up to this. Uh, I hope that uh, it's 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 not too late. A lot of people talk about, well, we need to take this country back. They're not coming to take our guns. I'm ready to fight the Civil War. We understand who they're going to use to right. take your guns. It's going to be the police and no-knock raids. So, you know, I, I think conservatives are late to the game. Hopefully they're waking up and realizing we've given too much power to the state, and I mean that on local, state, and federal yeah. level. And we've created an armed, militarized police force that typically does not end well, particularly in a country that's supposed to be free. Um, But, you know, that's that's conservatives are the biggest um, supporters of the law enforcement community, understandably, in a lot of cases. I understand where their value is, but they need to at the same time temper them. It's kind of like your dog. Yeah. We love the dog. Dog's got all kinds of great things about it. <laughs> but when the dog does wrong, you pop yeah. the dog, you discipline right. the dog. We yeah. should have been disciplining the and stopping the police state from infringing yeah. on civil liberties. Yeah. Yeah, and I want to get into a few instances that had kind of that still trouble me with some type of of raid that that this make me hesitant on anything. But look, when you just laid out the Bitcoin thing, well, that doesn't even include Simone Gold. Yeah, you know, Simone right. Go, the, yeah. the preacher that was up in New York, and yeah, he was standing in the way through the abortion thing. He told, right. the, according to every account, he told the guy several different times, "Get away from my twelve-year-old son." Right, and, and he, you know, the, the last time he did some type of push, it wasn't even a violent thing. And all of a sudden, one thing saying, "You're coming in, we're, we're this is assault. You're going to re- face the full weight of the law." No, it's how they raid your house. Yeah. That, that that's the terrorism. Well, the funny thing is. Thing. Is you can show somebody footage of the exact same act that takes place in 
Uh, name the other country, uh, Australia, even some oh, yeah, of our sure. Western. We would look at that and go, oh, my God, it's, look at the Australians. The government's right. running roughshod over them. They're, yeah. You know, then they do it here. And we have people crawling all over each other trying to justify why they had to do it that way. Right. And I'm like, no, it, it's the same. It, it, it is the same police state tactics used here that are used in authoritarian countries around the world that we would be mortified if we saw it uh, in Soviet Russia. Right. It's just that we have it here. Oh, oh, by the way, the same NATO, EU, World Economic Bunch is is blaming Russia for something that they're all doing. Yeah, like right. what we saw with Canada, we saw it here. Then we saw it in Canada. We saw it in Australia. Yeah. And they just get to ignore that. And we don't see that bad of footage from Russia. Even So anyway, yeah. And, yeah. and that being said, now this point forward, all you have to do, which is why I say you have to take that authority away from them. Yes. Because when, as soon as you're the political enemy, now they don't even have to have a justifiable reason. Right. You know, for the next point, it's going to be he showed up here or he did this, whatever. And and it's a literal terrorist tactic that they're using. We got, we have four or five more minutes in this segment because I want to come back with the, the final segment and lay, have you lay out your solution of what some good things with the pendulum swinging back and forth. Now, I do understand there's some things that concern me, I guess, like, because they're always going to say, hey, good is doing this illegal thing. So we it justifies jockeying up and going and kicking in his door eventually. Yeah. But I guess there are some scenarios where you would think you need the element of surprise. And so I'm still troubled by that. Like, say it was a, a kidnapping thing. The problem is every time they're going to say, I have kidnapped somebody. Yeah, like when well, they want to come after me, they're going to say, I have somebody in there kidnapped. They're going to get the judge to sign off on it. Yeah. And they're going to, you know, terrorize my kids. They're going to see me. Dude, the number of times this has happened over January 6th, I, yeah, I, I feel I for the sick, for the kids. And yeah. I know you do. Thinking about my father being drug out in that situation is absolutely. And, and, and I want to turn you loose on this, but the final thing is, what is concerning and more reason why I say, nope, they can't have this authority, it was a mistake, is you should not be able to get enough people to jock up and do that is the whole thing. History the has very told fact us. that you can yeah. is a problem. Yeah, History has shown us that people will do what the, if, if their job depends on it. You know, the, the, the police, the military, I mean, look at what our military has been asked to do. I don't fault them, but they have been programmed, trained to do some pretty atrocious things around the world that if another country was, well, right now we're screaming about Russia sure. doing what we did to Iraq. Sure. We're calling it an atrocity when Russia does it. Oh, we did it a lot rough, rougher than yes. Iraq. I mean, yes. Putin didn't turn out the lights and water on Yeah, we used de depleted uranium. We have, you know, we had taxi cab to the dark side. Basically, we went into Afghanistan and said, hey, anybody who turns in a terrorist, we're going to give you $25,000, which is like a million dollars in Afghanistan. They started turning in their neighbors. Sure. I would imagine if, if I had an ex-wife, I would have turned her in. I can guarantee you for twenty five grand. Can you imagine yeah. what that does? The bottom line is when you give, you know, so uh, you know, as we said, they're always got to create a boogeyman. One of the biggest boogeyman out there is drugs, because drugs ruin lives. They right. really do. It's so. horrible. Yeah. It's easy to point to how bad they are, but what we did in response to it, number one, it's not effective at controlling addiction. It's not effective at controlling drugs. It creates criminal gangs. I can go on and on about the the adverse consequences of the drug war. But what it built was a police state. Yeah. And I just don't know there's many, if it any, uh, things in history where they go, well, the government got more and more powerful and the people got more and more free. Right. Has that ever happened? I mean, we fought a war against the largest government in the world at the time, the British Empire. 
And we started off with just a scrappy little group of people that pretty much said, hey, we got a bunch of land here. Go out and take some. You're going to kind of self, you know, uh, come together. And I mean, it was it was a study in freedom. And, and we leapfrogged over countries that have been around for millennia. Uh, within a couple hundred years, we were the world leader. That's what freedom does for you. Now we've taken the exact opposite track. I mean, there's just not ever a time where the government, the Ro- whether it's the Romans, the Portuguese, any empire, it, the bigger it got, the less free, and ultimately their empires all collapse. But you, so people just have not been careful enough with granting all this power because yeah. the authorities always tell you, it's not for you. It's for the bad guys. It's it's to keep drugs out of your kid's school. You know, it's it's easy to make anything sound good, but by now we got a clue into there's just all kinds of unintended consequences, and ultimately the government will, will abuse any power you give it. When we get back, we're going to have Mike Madison close us out with his idea on in, the positive aspects and what what are, what things are changing with this objective reality that the centralization of power and the culture of corruption is out of control, but there's some good news on its way. Final segment up next. I was born a shotgun in my hands Behind the gun I'll make my final stand Yeah And that's why they call me It's psychological inoculation against globalist propaganda. You can get your daily dose right here in a good fight with Jameson Haygood, visiting our final segment here with Mike Madison. So thankful that you joined me, man, and everything. Love the conversation. By the way, I'm going to put this out on my podcast. I can't wait. This is an automatic rerun for me. Talk about, and I've heard you talk about before, the pendulum swinging back and forth, but you have specific instances, and we all do, of how this just false reality created by the cultural Marxist religion, it's certainly adopted by the Democrat Party, the woke corporations, is, is uh, it's, um, it's backfiring. It's jumped the shark. I mean, it really is just, it's, it's gone insane. I wanted to read this. I read it on my show, but I think it's important. Because I think that one of the things that they do in this country to get away with what they get away with is they pit us against each other. And I've got problems with the radical leftists. I've got problems with the Antifa types. But they're really a very small group. Uh, There are some good Democrats out there, and I think it's time for people to reach across the aisle. And the biggest issues, which is curtailing this government corporate takeover of our country. I I ran across this tweet. Kevin Bass, he's a Ph.D. He said, I'm a liberal atheist, voted for Biden. But the woke left has me so disturbed about the future of children in this country that I think I'm going to start taking my children to church to help inoculate them against this. What should I look for in choosing a church? Right. You know, I think that the pendulum is turning. It's not going to be fast enough for all of us. Um, And I just want people to understand, I mean, in in my opinion, the corruption of the FBI is not new. Quit thinking it's new and that the next guy is going to reform it. It'll go right back to what it was 10 years ago. It's, It's always had problems. Um, the, the media corruption, the corporate corruption, the, the revolving door in Washington, D.C. It's, it's really in people's face right now. Trump did help illuminate a lot of that stuff. I yeah. much credit to him for that. But it's not new. So don't think that your guy is going to come in and change all that. We need to change the structure of everything. Yeah. Incredible. I'm not going to add a single thing to that either to step on it except man so glad to have you back on the air when i when i'm on here and the days that you're doing your rerun the phone's blowing up and everything so (laughs) godspeed on the road and when you're back here in the studio as for me meet me back here 